CoinRobe Plus is your new way to collect. Manage your inventory, digitally authenticate coins, create your want list, buy and sell coins, and much more. Learn more about CoinRobe Plus at CoinRobePlus.com or download the app now at Google Play or the App Store. Welcome to the CoinRobe Podcast with your host, Jeff Stark. And as I've said from day one of this show, this is a big tent hobby. There's a lot of room for folks. And Larry Jewett. And learning has been such a tremendous amount of this journey. The Coin World Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Coin World Podcast. I'm Jeff Stark. When is the last one we're going to do in 2023 anyway? When is that? Oh, it must be this one. Uh, I'm Larry Jewett. Yeah, and uh, we're back for, as Larry noted, the last episode of the year. We are putting a cap on the year, uh, wrapping things up. This is sort of the quiet week when you don't know what day it is. Uh, A lot of folks are on vacation. We're not, but uh, maybe you'll listen to us while you're on vacation. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You you don't know what day it is? I know exactly what day it is. It's typical because every day that we record a podcast, I'm expecting a package with something that I bought on an auction. And I just checked the tracking, and today is one of those days. So, I mean, the more stuff I buy on auctions, the more podcast episodes we're going to be able to do. And that way, you know, three or four times a week, maybe. But that's not a New Year's resolution or anything like that. But, yeah, you're right about that, truthfully. You just don't really know. And, I mean, here we are. The phone's ringing, and it's just the typical weekday where things are, uh, you know, are going down here. But let, let's get rid of the negative spin on this whole thing, and let's start talking about some of the positive things. And certainly, we're glad that you're here for, once again, another episode of the Coin World Podcast. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's probably best to update folks on a couple uh, recent guests, Um the uh, I got a note from Taya Popjoy in a, a few days ago, uh, alerting that um, they have chosen a date for the auction of the presses and uh, all the all the equipment and all that uh, at the Popjoy Mint. You may recall back in I want to say November, uh, early November, maybe it was. Uh, no, October. It was in October. We had Taya on the show making the big announcement about the closure of the Pop Joy Mint upon her retirement at year's end. And the date is now set. You can go to popjoy.com for to, to sign up for information about the sale, the sale of the presses and all the equipment is scheduled for February 14th, Valentine's Day. So if you oh, love things and want to get into the coin production side of things, uh, you want to go there and express interest in the sale. Well, I know that there were some <laughs> factions out there that were probably kind of hoping that there'd be some kind of an 11th hour saving and that the uh, the operation would continue perhaps under a, a different name. And it still may, depending upon you know what happens with that sale. But you got to believe, especially... The timing of the sale, I know you're going to have to uh, hear about this because uh, when you go to the World Money Fair, I'm sure that's going to be a topic that you're going to have to uh, have to hear about while you're there. 
Yeah, I expect uh, the industry will be abuzz with discussions. Uh, that's big news uh, across the, the hobby. And um, the the World Money Fair is, it's going to be weird to not see the folks from Pop Joy at the show this time. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, things change, time marches on. And it's, uh, it, it maybe it'll be interesting to see who, uh, takes over, get, buys those presses, and and maybe is able to expand the offering of numismatics in a different direction. Yeah, it's going to definitely be. I mean, it's not something. If you know, a year ago when we were talking about the the different things, uh, recapping what happened in twenty two and looking forward to what was going to happen in twenty three. Honestly, you know, some of the events that happened in 23 never really expected something along that line of course we have the usual this time of year you're starting to see on the social media feeds all the different uh you know celebrities who passed away and you know just getting the news recently that uh you know tommy smothers i grew up watching the show and it's just hearing about that and just you know the different things that came down we all get to think about this this is a combination of the time when it's all lang syne and also thinking ahead to the positives that there are going to be there in 24. And I prefer to think of them as positives. I prefer to think about the things that happened in 23 as stepping stones to what's going to be happening in 24. You know, it's the glass half full type situation here. There's a lot to get excited about when you look at uh, the way different things are going. I mean, I'm especially excited. Of course, I'm obviously prejudiced here about the Great American Coin and Collectibles show that's going to be happening basically in my backyard in September. So, I know that's going to be one of the items that's going to be talked about a lot when we get to the fun show. Don't want to discount the fun show in January or July because of that. But the fun show, I mean, when I took a look at the dealer list on the fun show, I'm not going to be able to get everything done in three days. It's just plain and simple. There's just way too much stuff going on, plus those great uh, educational experiences. If I, I'm going to actually, I've made my resolution that I'm actually going to go to a John Roberts presentation this year. After the best intentions the last couple of years, I'm actually going to go to a John Roberts presentation. I know that. So, I mean, and I know that I'm going to be doing this solo. I appreciate the fact that you're going to be with me in spirit, but I'll have a nice uh Full recap for you is I expect you to have one from the NYINC that you get to go to as well. So, yeah, there'll be plenty of uh, activity in New York going on. I I do wish I were down there for fun, but uh, <clears throat> can't be everywhere. I, hey, you I know, say- one thing we do, uh, I will tell you this right now, it's uh, we're now within a week of the activities there and it's going to be highs in the 60s, lows in the 30s. Yeah, quite. Right. You know, I've I've already looked uh, a few days ago over the uh, holiday weekend. I looked at the schedule for 2024 and was saddened to learn that the Tampa Bay Rays will not be in town during the show. So I've already been to their stadium long time ago, uh, but it would have been nice to go to a game uh, while down there for the Great American Coining Collectible Show. Alas, not in 2024. Yeah, but we'll have to schedule it around uh, the World Money Fair because we'll have two shots at that, knowing it could be either, either be a Cubs game or a Chicago White Sox game or anything like that along that line. So, yeah, 
it's uh, definitely the way it's going to be scheduled. But I mean, now talk about that weather. That's the kind of weather that a lot of folks had for Christmas Day. I mean, it was just interesting to see. Everybody was talking about what it was like in places up north in 2022. But in 2023, it ended up being a mild time. And that's uh, kind of the weather that we're we're not going to have Florida weather. But when you consider what Florida is like in January, 60s in the daytime isn't really bad because we've had it colder than that. But then again, you're not supposed to worry about what it's like outside. Last I checked, the uh, there is no uh, outdoor patio outside of Hall NB at the Orange County Convention Center. So you just have to worry about getting to where you need to go. The inclement weather is not going to be a factor. going to give you plenty of opportunity to come and enjoy the show and socialize afterwards, too. And, but get things started. And uh, no promises what it's going to be like in New York or Berlin. But just the idea that, oh, you think so? Yeah, it's it's generally always cold. Even even if it's warm, it's still cold. You know, if it's I gotcha. uh, a, a warm winter in Berlin and New York is, you know, 40, 50 degrees. Uh, yeah, well, 40 ish degrees. And, and that's still cold. But uh, it is what it is. We're, we're looking forward to the shows. Um, it's shaping up, I, I think. You know, 2024 will be a good year. I wonder what uh, listeners drop us a line now. What what your resolution is? What your what you're looking for this year in uh, in your collecting pursuit? Uh, maybe a trophy coin, or you're gonna finish a, a series or set something like that. Uh, and uh, I know I suspect Larry is is going to continue his haphazard accumulation. Um, is is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I'll tell you, one of the things I've really gotten involved with here recently is uh, serial numbers. I mean, I've really been enjoying serial numbers to the point where, you know, made a purchase of a couple trinaries, a couple binaries. I did, you know, in the course of 23, I did get one birthday note. But, you know, had an opportunity to buy a, birth, a birthday star note from within a couple of years of my own birth. And just didn't quite wasn't quite the high bidder on that. But I'm really starting to get more interested in paper. And I'm, of course, I'm, uh, Michelle and I are going to go to the uh, Society of Paper Money Collectors breakfast on Saturday. Last I checked, there's still 20 some tickets available for that. And that's going to be happening down in Orlando. But just getting the chance to uh, talk to those who've been collecting longer than I have about some of the things I need to know, what some of the things stand for there. And uh, I'm really starting to get into learning more about the tokens and learning more about the, uh, you know, a little bit different kind of collecting forte right there. And, uh, you know, it's just like I'm going to be interested in seeing what all is there. I mean, it's just I, I go by what moves me. I don't go for completing collections. I go by, you know, what what I like. And a lot of times it's designs or quirkiness or that type of thing. So just, I mean, it just, I'm maybe I'm just, maybe I'm purposely not finding all of the state quarters or America, the beautiful quarters in the wild, because I don't want it to end. That could be it completely. And uh, I haven't even gotten all of the 23 um, American women quarters yet. So I'm slacking, but my resolution is to pick it up next year. Yeah, good deal. Good deal. I'm going to try to get more organized and uh, <clears throat> see if I we'll, can't. Uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that again this time next year. So 
<laughs> it's an ongoing battle for sure. Hey, um, I think it's probably uh, about time we should stop looking forward and start looking back um, and do a little This Week in Numismatic History. That worked for me. So we go to December 29th. 1941. What happened then? Well, I had to choose this because it's a connection to the late Eric P. Newman, my, um, I, I guess, fellow St. Louisan, uh, former fellow St. Louisan, the late Eric Newman. That was the day in 1941 when he purchased all five 1913 Liberty Head five cent coins, as well as a copper 1913 Indian Head five cent coin and other rarities from the EHR Green estate, Colonel Green. And uh, I thought, you know, there's the 1913 nickel, so famous, um, you know, Liberty had uh, not the buffalo, not the bison. Um, that's such an important and iconic American coin uh, rarity. And uh how can you top that? I mean, um, it doesn't get much better than that. So that was this week in numismatic history. Just having one of those would be significant to purchase all five of them. I can't imagine what that's like. Of course, it's a different time. It was 82 plus years ago, 82 years ago now. But definitely so to have those in your collection. And, uh, you know, did they all come from Colonel Green? Did Colonel Green have a wall? Yes, uh, you know, they they came from elsewhere to Green's estate, but, you know, Green was uh, the famous, uh, famously the son of Hetty Green, the Witch of Wall Street, who uh, died an absolute millionaire and maybe billionaire, and certainly in modern money senses, was it was an enormous sum. She, she famously was so... Um, tight-fisted that she wouldn't treat his uh, an infection in his leg, and that's why he had to have his one of his legs amputated uh, when he was younger. So anyway, when when she died and left him a fortune, he did his very best to spend that fortune on all sorts of things, all manner of things, including, uh, well, the, the 1913 Nichols, he bought a uh, an inverted Jenny stamp. He may have even bought the whole the whole lot of 100 that was out there at one time. I, I don't remember that uh, with certainty, but he, he was a big spender, a big, uh, big collector. And he did his best to spend the riches and uh, left that legacy to the hobby, at least certainly with the 1913 Nickel. So there you go. Maybe I'm it's trying to find. I'm trying to find the un, unmute button. I just got an email that was uh, going to tell me what I'm going to be doing when we get done here. So and that's going to be kept busy. So um, yeah, I was just trying to find the button right there. I shouldn't be reading my emails while I'm listening to you, but trust me, I I heard what you said, and if not, I'll just go back and listen to the episode. So there you go. Yeah, that's it. Uh, remember, too, that you can listen to these episodes at will. And we appreciate the fact that if you find something that uh, you get distracted like I did, then you can always go back and listen to it, pick it up right from where you left off. And I've done that on occasion by going to our website and checking out a past episode and just finding the spot 
where I needed to hear what the interview was all about, like some of the interviews we've had in the past here. So 2024 resolution is we're going to ramp up, get us some more guests on to here. But uh, that's uh, what we're looking about in the future. But we're only going to go back a few years right now. I think we had a choice of uh, a few years going back, maybe 40, 50 years. But we haven't talked about things that are a little more relevant to the current times. And that's why I wanted to uh, take us back into the coin world history and just go back a few years. How far back did we end up going anyway? Back to 2019, uh, four years ago. And uh, that was just random number generator came up with that. So uh, we're looking at the December 30th, 2019 issue uh, for this week in coin world history. There were a couple stories that uh, I thought were fun, were interesting. One of them on page four from our colleague, Paul Jokes. This was uh, headlined 1795 $5 half eagle resurfaces at shop. Uh, this is um, a gold $5 coin. Uh, the headline, second headline says coin lost in 2014 shipment is brought to Memphis dealer who calls police. Uh, this is a cap bus small eagle gold $5 half eagle that disappeared from a FedEx shipment in 2014. It resurfaced in December 2019 when it was off of for sale at a Memphis, Tennessee coin shop. Uh, the coin was graded and encapsulated Min State 62 by Numismatic Guarantee Corp. Valued at the time of its disappearance at $85,000 at the time of the article four years ago, it had a price in the NGC price guide at $127,500. It was still encapsulated when the alleged seller was arrested by Memphis police. Uh, I do think it was very, very interesting. You know, we, we love stories about finding things um you know, striking it rich, as it were. There's been lots of stories about thefts and all that. Um, so this is a kind of a confluence of the two themes. Um, the coin, I believe, was able to be returned to the rightful owner. Um, and, uh, you know, it just speaks to how sometimes it takes a while. This, In this case, it was more than five years later that it was found. And uh, but thankfully it was found. I also uh, the next page, uh, an article I wrote, uh, thought this was interesting. The rarest circulating British coin is found. NGC authenticates silver three pence from 1945. And the coin was uh, coming to auction in 2020. Before this story, I didn't realize how rare the 1945 silver three pence was. Apparently, they made a bunch of them in Britain, but because there was a bigger, heavier 12-sided nickel brass three pence that was introduced in 1937, um, th they didn't need the silver one. So most of the examples were apparently melted, and somehow a, a handful or a few of these got out of the mint. And, you know, if, if you don't know the series you would just look at the coin and go oh it's another you know it's another silver three pence big whoop you know though they're they made them by the millions uh throughout the series but that 1945 year is uh darn near unique it's uh there's two known and at at the time of this article the uh the other example known hadn't been seen 
on the market since 1970. And um, so it, it's just fun to to think about, you know, as 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 we record this, there's lots of discussion about another um, big lottery uh, going on. I think it's Mega Millions. Um, you know, it's we, we all love the thrill of the hunt and the search for hidden value. So now, you know, 1945 British silver three pence coins. If you ever see one, you're um, you got a winner. Yeah. Nice. Definitely. That's, uh, you know, always got to be you got to be paying attention is what it comes down to on that one. You know, by only going back a few years, we got back to something that we in our recent memories certainly have vivid memories of. And that is the attacks on the U.S. Mint as the letter page had numerous uh, letters directed at the U.S. Mint, more specifically the Enhanced Reverse Proof 2019S American Eagle Silver Dollar. One of those says, sort orders randomly. Every time there's a coveted coin from the Mint, like the Enhanced Reverse Proof 2019S American Eagle Silver Dollar, there's ordering craziness. There's a solution that seems simple. Assign a random number to each order. Here's the scenario. A coin is available to order between March 12th, 2020 and March 26th, 2020. Well, we all know what happened about that time. Anyway, with the coins expected to start shipping March 30th. Ordering is done by phone or online. The price will be determined by the precious metals market prices on any given day in the ordering period. All information needed to potentially fill the order is entered and a random number is assigned to the order. After the ordering period ends and the shipping date nears, the orders are sorted by random number. If, for example, 30,000 coins are available and each order allows one coin, then the order ranks randomly or assigns numbers 1 through 30,000. They're processed and shipped. That way, there's no panic trying to get through to the mint. A customer can contact the uh, mint on day one or on the last day to make no difference as far as affecting the likelihood of getting an order fulfilled. Well, I'm sure there are some who are skeptical of a plan like that. You know, some numbers are better than other numbers. Here's one called Keeping for His Collection. It says, I got one somehow, referring to the Enhanced Reverse Proof 2019S American Eagle. I received an email from a dealer about an hour before they went on sale, stating they were willing to pay $150 for one to anyone who could get it. I'm sure there were many emails similar to this one. That's why the Mint website crashed as soon as they went on sale. Non-collectors flooded the site looking to make a quick buck. I'll send mine to NGC and add it to my collection. One other letter said, contact Congress on coin. Regarding the enhanced reverse proof American Eagle, I would suggest not only complaining to the U.S. Mint, as several have, but also contacting your congressional member in the House of Representatives, since all coin and currency legislation must begin in the House and remind them that this is an election cycle. So you can see that they were, uh, they, there's another short one here. It says the Mint disappointed more customers than it pleased. That's a strange business strategy. Well, times have changed. Unfortunately, it seems times have changed for the better. But there's just a reminder that things can be worse than they actually are. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there's <clears throat> there's always complaints about the U.S. Mint, but I think uh, they've They've made some steps in recent years to uh, toward getting it right. 
they don't always don't always get it right. But, you know, there's um, if you're not making enemies, you're not active and engaged. Right. <laughs> so uh, we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll let that be maybe the last word about the mint for a little while. Indeed. There you have it. Wow. Hey, so, so I uh, now that we've heard the letters, I, I want to put you to the test. Are you up for the challenge? Let's find out. Uh, last episode, uh, to continue the Civil War token vein, I asked you about, you know, there's the, the two main types of Civil War tokens um, are store cards and patriotics. But what I wanted to know is which type is more prevalent? There's uh, are there more patriotics or are there more store cards out there in the Civil War token arena? A simple question, 50-50 shot at getting it right. Um, what's your answer? My answer is I'm going to use what I hope would be logic. And that is that there were more opportunities for store cards to be created because more uses for it versus patriotics. I could be totally wrong. And, you know... And, and that's a, a good thought. What I would, when I thought about this question, I thought, well, store cards are limited to use by an individual merchant. Patriotics can be used by multiple merchants because it's not a specific reference. It's, you know, it's just a patriotic design. Yeah, it's like, for example, I mean, going to the gift giving season here, you have two different types of gift cards. You have gift cards that are specific to a particular business, and you have the gift cards that are valid in a number of places. One would think that the gift card that is valid in a number of places was a more popular purchase than those that are specifically geared toward a particular business. However, when you think about that, I mean, it's just the idea I want this person to patronize X, therefore I will buy the gift card for X. My thought is that it's the store card is probably going to be more prevalent than the patriotic. And that's just my belief. And I've been wrong before. Ask any spouse. But you are correct this time. Ha! How's it feel going out big? That's it. Play the over. Yeah. Hey, you know, you you got it. Good deal. Uh, finish the year off strong, I guess, to open the next year. You you will answer this next year. But I, I want to know. Uh, it's funny. The uh, the card I'm, I'm in the coin world trivia game and and the card that I chose to use with this question actually has another. You know, each card has two for six questions on them. And one of the questions is, what is a store card? And I thought, well, I could I could continue the uh, the Civil War token theme, but I'm not going to. The question I want to ask this time is right above that. It's what is the lowest denomination of U.S. paper money ever printed? Ooh, OK. So so you have um, you have till next year to answer that. Uh, you think about it uh, in the intervening moments but uh this is a good chance for us to close out the year with a hearty thank you if you've uh, hung with us this long in the episode and this long in the year we do appreciate it and we are as you noted we are 
got some ideas for some guests. We're working on uh, lining up some more guests, getting um, some different voices in addition to ours into the program. And of course, we love and welcome to um, receive your comments and um, suggestions as well. Um, that's that's all I have to uh, to close the year. How about you, boss? Well, that's uh, pretty much the way I feel about it as well. We thank all of our sponsors along the uh, opportunity there. And I know we're going to have uh, the opportunity for more folks to come on board and help us out, help us get the message across about how the uh, numismatic hobby and numismatic business can be uh, very advantageous. I mean, every day, it seems, we're getting new people involved with it. They're picking it up from uh, not necessarily, you know, in the past, it was like, oh, because it was my father's hobby, my grandfather's hobby, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, we had albums, we had, you know, there are, there are many, many ways to enter into this. And, uh, you know, Programs like the Coin World Podcast has sometimes provided that opening for someone to get more involved in that. And certainly we do appreciate the involvement that you have, whatever level it may be, whether you've been collecting for our lifetimes or whether you've just started out here. Maybe you got a red book for Christmas or for the holidays or for your birthday or something along that line. Or maybe you even found a coin that maybe Dennis Tucker put down somewhere that, uh, you know, you could... Uh, get interested in what it's all about. But, uh, you know, if you are in this hobby, remember there are those who would like to know why it makes it so interesting. As you recall, recently we had a letter about a guy who didn't want to read the Coin World magazine because he was afraid of all the things it was going to do. It was going to cost him his marriage. It was going to, he was going to have to go to the bank and buy rolls and all that. And uh, no, it, it it's what you make of it. And certainly we hope that you're making the best of it, whatever that purpose may be in your life whether it's be the social side of things or whether it's the collecting side of things, whether it's the investing side of things, so many different ways you can go. We do appreciate whatever you choose to do. Absolutely. And on that note, in the meantime, I get the final word. Happy collecting. Thank you for listening to the Coin World Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next week. CoinWorld Plus is your new way to collect, manage your inventory, digitally authenticate coins, create your want list, buy and sell coins, and much more. Learn more about CoinWorld Plus at CoinWorldPlus.com or download the app now at Google Play or the App Store.